You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word of God? Please stand to your feet. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we do a declaration before we preach the Word of God. Amen. We're just declaring the Word of God before we preach the Word of God. Is that okay? Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes, and say to them, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Say to them, keep on smiling. I know you have a lot of things to be happy about. Amen? Yes, as a Christian, you might be going through some challenges and some difficulties, but when you know your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's reason for you to rejoice. There's reason for you to be happy and to put a smile on your face. Amen. So today I want to minister a message, damage control. Damage control. Everybody wants a better future. A few weeks ago I ministered on Joseph, whom God gave him a prophetic picture of his good future, but how he had to walk in that which God had called him to do. He had to go through certain things and he had a responsibility to finish strong. When he was in prison, not to start to behave like a prisoner, but to still use his gifts, his strengths that God had given him to be a blessing to those around him. Amen. Amen. I believe in 2023, many people will come and testify and say, have you seen what God has done? But many will come and say, where is God? Many will say, have you seen what God has done? And many will say, where is God? And a lot of that has not got to do with what's happening around us but what's happening on the inside of us. Amen? Matthew 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The New Living Translation says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. So a lot of seeing God has got to do with our heart. Many have not seen what God is doing, not because of what's happening around them, but what's happening on the inside of them. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to make it. Turn to the person on the other side and say, you're going to make it. In our nation especially, there's been a lot of hurt. People got hurt. People are disappointed. In the past few years with COVID, it's just escalated. 
Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm sitting here next to you with a smile. But I've gone through some tough things. And my God has been faithful. The majority of people that come to ears, give the Lord a hand. If you're going to give the Lord a hand, give him a hand. Amen. The truth is, the majority of people that come to church right now, that come to church, there's an area in their life that's been damaged. And they want that area to be repaired. Maybe it's healing, maybe it's deliverance, maybe it's breakthrough, maybe it's salvation, whatever. There's an area that needs to get repaired. In the book of Jeremiah, in the message translation, I like it, it says, God put me back together again. When something is damaged, you have to repair it. We cannot save ourselves, but we can destroy ourselves. But when something is damaged, you have to repair it. When a car is damaged, what do you do? You take it to a mechanic or a panel beater to fix it. When a part of your body is damaged, maybe a leg is broken, you go to the ER, you go to the emergency, and they fix you, amen? But when your heart is broken, where do you go? There's only one person that can repair your soul, bring healing to a broken heart, and that's Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 61 prophesied and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news or to preach good news. So the first thing that the anointing will do is bring good news. That your situation can change. Whatever you are facing right now, it can change. Then the next verse says, to heal the brokenhearted. So God came to heal the brokenhearted. Whose heart has ever been broken? Let me see. Yes, it's a terrible thing. A broken heart. Nobody wants any area to be broken. Most people today, I'm fine. I'm fine. But that fine doesn't mean fine. Amen. That fine does not have their hearts full agreement. We should ask ourselves, why would people inflict pain or damage to themselves? And sometimes we do it without even knowing. Don't to the person next to you say, get ready for damage control. You know, sometimes we come and we want to be over spiritual. We say, I'm just fine, nothing is wrong. But you know when you don't have peace. You know when you don't have peace. You know when you're upset on the inside. You know when you are angry. And the truth is people around you also know it. Cannot hide it. Some of us grew up in families where, where, where people just had a thundercloud over their heads the whole time. Don't raise your hand. You can just double blink at me. Say, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. Amen. <laughs> we're in church. We're all happy. We only raise our hands for Jesus. But nobody knows you better than yourself. And I want you to take the time to look at your heart today. Because oftentimes the thing that will hinder you to reach your full potential is not what's happening on the outside, but what's happening on the inside. 
Amen. Do you listen to your heart? It's one of the things that we've taught our children from a young age. Listen to your heart. What's your heart telling you? Unfortunately, the challenge that we sit with in the church is most people's hearts today condemn them more than anything else. 1 John 3 verse 20 says that when our hearts condemn us, you should know that God is greater than your heart. God is greater than your heart. But when you, there's no condemnation in your heart, then you have confidence towards God. You can quickly see just at work or in any environment whose hearts are condemning them. Just ask people to pray for the food. Who's going to pray for the food? You. Or you. The guy that they think is least condemned. was <laughs> hot. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? <clears throat> Turn to the person that you say, just be real. This is going to help you. Romans 8 verse 1 says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? So God does not want you to live under condemnation. So if things are condemning your heart, let's deal with it. And Christ came to deal with all those things. Amen? I'm amazed that one of the first things God said is not, let's cast out the devil. Let's set free the captives. It says, let's heal the brokenhearted. Because many times you will not receive your deliverance until you've dealt with the root in your heart. Because that thing will give it legal right. Christianity is all about the heart, the purity of our hearts. So can we, can I not sugarcoat it this morning? Is it okay? Can I have a hands up? Can we take the sugarcoating away? And let's do some damage control this morning. Amen. So let's answer the first question. How do you damage your heart? You damage your heart when you start nursing grudges. When you start holding on to bitterness, to unforgiveness, to what people have done to you to wrong you. And I'm not watering down what you've gone through because some people have really gone through some terrible things in life. Everybody, a matter of fact, has got a sad song. Some people's songs are just sadder than our songs. So let's get to a place where we can move forward. Amen. Turn to the person next to you say a word of wisdom. Most of our problems are tongue problems. I wish I had not said some things in my life. Just double blink, don't raise your hand, just double blink at me, amen. <laughs> Turn with me to the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 13. We are born again, we are saved, we love the Lord Jesus Christ, God has liberated us, and Paul is writing to the Galatians, and he says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. God has set you free, he has liberated you. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve. So the first thing that I want to say to you, the most important thing is love. Don't serve people and say, then I'm doing it because I love you. First, love them, then you serve them. If you want to be a pastor, 
First love, then serve. First love God's people, first love God, then love the people. If you're going to help people, if you want to get involved in any assignment that's linked to the kingdom of God, let love be the motivation. What did Jesus say to Peter? Peter, do you love me? And when he qualified through love, he said, okay, take care of the sheep. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. What is he saying here? He's saying people use words to bite at one another. How do you respond when people bite at you? When people bite at you, do you use it as an opportunity of the flesh to say, you want a piece of me? I'll give you a piece of me. Turn to the person next to you, say damage control. Say it again, say damage control. <laughs> Nobody here is a cannibal, hopefully. Nobody should be a cannibal. But sometimes we bite at people and our words do damage. When we bite at people, one word can break a heart. One word can do so much damage. And I want to tell you today that when you engage in that kind of fighting with your words, saying things, you think you're saying things to make you feel better, but you are busy hurting yourself and you are surrendering your will to the devil. I first said that, and now you say, where's that in the Bible? Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 2 verse 23. Turn to the person next to you, say when he said no sugar coating, he really meant it. Verse 23, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Don't just put your nose in anything and fight. Because when you're in a fight, people get hurt and you get hurt. You don't just get in a car and start driving and see how many cars you can bump. You have to be careful when you are driving because you can cause damage. Can I have one amen, please? Amen. <laughs> Do you know why strife is so dangerous? Because strife is rooted in pride, is what Proverbs teaches us. And when you are causing strife as a Christian, you're allowing pride to dominate your heart. And pride is one of the most dangerous things for us because the Bible teaches that God resists the person whose heart is full of pride. All of this Bible was not written to unbelievers. This book is written to Christians. It's written to me and you so that we can live a better life. So that we can be more like Jesus. Amen? And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach. 
patient in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God will perhaps grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses. Have you found out that when you start arguing and fighting and shouting that you lose a little bit of your senses? Don't raise your hand, just double blink at me. You know, when you blow a gasket, when you lose it, and afterwards you think, oh my God, how could I say that? <laughs> Don't worry, I've done it as well. Nobody is bulletproof, amen? That's why we have to train our hearts by the Word of God. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Enough. So when you engage in fighting, in striving, and you want to sort out somebody, guess what? You've just surrendered your will to the devil. And if that person's attitude is exactly the same, they've surrendered their will to the devil. So guess what happens in that situation? It's no longer Jesus who came to give life and life in abundance, superior in quality and superabundant in quantity, but it becomes killing, stealing, and destroying. You want to hurt me? I'll hurt you. You think you're going to steal from me? I'll steal from you. You think you're going to... I'm... This is such a great concern in the church. Social media is designed that you can just say what you want and when you want to. And you can hide away now and you can just fire away. When you say something and you are hurt and you are keeping that harboring yet in your heart, you are self-inflicting pain. Have you been angry with somebody for a very long time? Later on, your kids will pick up that you are angry with that person. And they'll be offended with that family or that individual. And they don't even know why they have to be angry with them, but they are angry with them. And they grow up offended, self-inflicting pain the whole time. We should train our hearts to forgive as Christ has forgiven. My wife and myself have been married 28 years, so don't just try this in your first year. Get to know each other. But we've known each other for 28 years, so we quickly discern if something is wrong. And we have that kind of relationship that she will come to me and say, I think there's something bugging your heart. What's going on? Nothing. I'm fine. I'm the head of the house, just leave me alone. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> Say, yes, my heart is heavy, something happened. You know, it's always interesting when you tell somebody, you're offended. I'm not offended. No, I'm not offended. Just leave me alone. Do you know that when you're offended, Offense has a root called bitterness. 
And when you have bitterness, there's fruit that will start to manifest. And the thing with fruit is, if that thing gets watered, the fruit will grow automatically. Don't you the person next you say damage control. Say the good news is, our loving Jesus only prunes those who he loves. He loves you so much. Get ready for your pruning. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> can I tell you something? You can tell me whatever you want to. But people can hear when bitterness is oozing out of your heart. Hebrews 12 verse 14 says, Pursue peace with all people. Does it say some people? No, it says all people. So all people is all people. It says pursue peace with all people, even those that hate you, even those that don't like you, those that misuse you, those whatever. All people pursue peace with them. And holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Those with a pure heart, they will see God. So he's saying, I want to tell you now, this is how it's going to work. In this life, pursue peace with all people. And holiness, because if you don't do it, you will not see God. Then he says, look carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Well, can I just say something there? Underline there, fall short of the grace of God. I'm all for the grace of God. Everything is by the grace of God. But that scripture is in the New Testament warning us. Don't mess around and play around with the grace of God. If you want to keep bitterness in your heart, be careful. Because if you don't want to forgive, how can God forgive you? If you don't show grace, how can you receive grace? We show grace because we need grace. It says, be careful lest anyone fall short of the grace of God and a root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. Are you a troublemaker? Do you cause trouble? Because if you're always causing trouble, maybe the problem is not the trouble that everybody is causing around you. Maybe it's bitterness. And by this, many become defiled. So let me just tell you quickly, if you're always defiling people, it's the fruit that you are bitter. Do you know what she did? Do you know what he did now? Not once, not twice, not seven times. It's seven times, 70 times, and Jesus doesn't say anything about that. <laughs> if you are defiling somebody the whole time, it's a sign that you are bitter. And you need people around you that will say, it's okay to come and say, I'm really upset this happened. But if that thing is still upsetting you and you're still talking about it, getting angrier and angrier and angrier, there's bitterness in your heart. It's time for damage control. It's actually much worse than what you think. It's like when the car seizes and you see some smoke and you think, oops, maybe I didn't put water in, no. When bitterness seizes the engine, it's offense, resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness. The next thing is hatred. That's how serious it is. It's you trying to fix the engine, driving to where you want to go. Offense is sand being poured into the petrol tank. 
That's what offense is. It's the sand in the petrol tank. If this is offense, if this is offense, the longer I hold the offense, the longer I'm allowing the offense to dominate my heart. And Jesus does not want to share your heart with any offense. Hey, no. That's why Jesus said, before the sun goes down, just deal with it. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. It's almost like God says, okay, I know sometimes happen, things happen that will upset you. You've got until the sun goes down. Unfortunately, let me just speak to parents quickly here. The way you deal with offense in your home, your kids are going to do that. So make sure you train them in a godly way so that life will be easier for them one day. Because some people have been trained. When you get offended and angry, we don't talk for two weeks. Hmm. Hmm? Where's that in the Bible? What are you doing? I'm busy dealing with it. What do you mean? You're busy pouring the sand into the petrol tank of the car just for two weeks. How's that going to help? James says, still staper, is the, is the nice Afrikaans word. What is it? Uh, silent tam, tam, tamper. Tam, silent treatment. Oh, silent treatment, yeah. Bad. It's like offense on steroids. <laughs> we come to church and we want to worship God. I love you, Jesus. I bless you, Jesus. But then, out of the same heart, Ugly things flow. James says this cannot happen. Spring water that are pure cannot flow out the one minute, and the next minute, sewage water is flowing out. You know what we do? We've got a bucket, and it's full of sewage. The whole week we're walking with a bucket. Stinky bucket. Everybody is smelling it. Then when we come to church, we throw this, whatever's in there, out. I don't want to offend anybody by using a word that can be offensive. But the sewage, you throw it out. And then you put clean spring water in. And then you come with your bucket with clean spring water. Will you drink that? No, you won't drink it. But that's what we do with God. Mondays to Saturdays, it's all these words. If you are cursing the whole time, I'm not religious when it comes at it. And when you say a word, you know, I've, I've heard the most proper Christians been in a car with them driving and somebody jumps in front of them and then a word slip out. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Jesus doesn't slip off his throne when that happens, amen. And don't feel condemned. <clears throat> but if, if it's your habit to curse the whole time, you should go look at your heart and see, is my heart full of curses or blessings? Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Amen? Jesus says a filthy language shouldn't be part of our normal dialect. Go see who you've been hanging out with. Amen? Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter? 
from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives and a grapevine figs? You know what he's saying? When he talks about the can a fig tree bear olives, the fig speaks of the law. Remember Adam and Eve when they sinned, they covered themselves with fig leaves. I saw you sitting under the fig tree. Jesus cursed the fig tree. He says the law cannot produce olives, cannot produce the anointing. He says in the same way, cannot be religious the one minute and then think, walk with God in relationship with Him. Amen? As a Christian, know that offense will come. Turn to the person next to you, say, next to you say, don't be surprised when offense will come. A matter of fact, this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to damage your heart. When you know that your heart is filled with God, God has got the rightful place here. You can speak blessing. Life, life in abundance. But when your heart is not dominated by the word of God, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. God wants to fill your heart with his love. The enemy wants to fill your heart with hatred. Don't fall for his trap. God's position is one of love. The enemy is one of hatred. So we cannot come here and say we love God, but we hate our brother next to us. The two of them cannot work together in our hearts. This is where the damage gets done. You might say, yeah, but you don't know what they've said about me. You know what Ecclesiastes says? It says, don't take everything to heart that people say about you. When you hear them curse you, say something negative. Because you yourself, you've also said negative things about them. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to give that scripture to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Bible says. It says, don't take everything to heart that you hear people say about you. Because you know you've also said things about them. Am I right? Sometimes we behave when somebody has done. Paula, do you know what was done to me? And we behave like we've never offended anybody in our entire life. We're like almost shocked. <gasps> Can you imagine? They said that. <laughs> we should purpose in our hearts to train our hearts to be quick to forgive. Not to take everything to heart that people are saying. Sometimes when you hear somebody say something, think the best of them. Maybe they've just had a bad day. Maybe something has just happened. And even if none of that is true, you've also had your bad days and said things that you wish you had never said. But as long as you are holding on to this offense that that person has hurt you with, you're not holding them hostage. You're holding yourself hostage. Because faith works through love and the greater things that God wants to do in you and through you, you cannot step into it because you're holding on to this grudge. Many people cannot function properly because they are holding on to hurts of the past. And I'm not watering down what happened in the past. But you have to get to a place where you say, God, just help me, help me. 
I've had wrongs in my life. I'll tell you now, we, for six months I just prayed, Lord, create in me a pure heart and a contrite spirit. Six months. So if it takes six months, then take the six months and get that thing sorted out in your heart. Just double blink at me. So I've had a six-year pastor. Six months, you were lucky. <laughs> the kingdom way is, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is what it's all about, family. Confessing with your mouth, believing with your heart unto righteousness. Allowing God's ability to become your ability. He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you're going to have to start to confess and declare the righteousness of God for his righteousness to start to heal your heart. If you don't embrace that righteousness, you will let unrighteousness rule in your heart. As soon as you start to just believe he has made you righteous, you're positioned to attract his favor. Because the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. And his ears are attentive to their prayers. That's the first step for damage control. He who knew no sin became sin. This we cannot water down. Are you still okay? Can I have another five minutes? Jesus said in Luke 17, he said it's offense will come to everybody. Do you know what that means? It means offense will come to pastors, offense will come to parents, offense will come to children, offense will come to congregation members. Everybody will face an offense. And an offense in itself is not evil. If somebody says, are you stupid? It's not nice that they say that, shouldn't say that, but that thing that they've said is not dangerous for you in itself. It's dangerous when you take it. If you actually go study that word offense, it's a trap. Turn to the person next to you say, the enemy wants to trap you. I'm going to give it to you straight. Tell them, I'm going to give it to you straight. He wants you to get offended. Don't fall for it. Many people's hearts have been damaged for years because of offense. Unfulfilled expectations. When we deal with people and they offend you or they say things, never have a kind of an attitude, I'm better than you. I see what you are doing. I'm not going to fall for it. <laughs> Never had that. Because that prideful attitude is a danger in itself. If you can keep your heart soft when people are saying things, it's the grace of God. Remain in that grace and say, Lord, thank you for the grace. Amen? Think about Jesus died on the cross for your offenses and my offenses. But he does not keep any of those offenses against us. Jesus died on the cross for all the offenses you will cause and all the offenses that was done to you. But it doesn't keep anything against you. He said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. What is, forgive those that caused offenses and forgive the offended. Because both of them need forgiveness. Amen?
when we start to defile, when we start to murmur, when we start to complain, we should know immediately there's something going on here. And say, God, sanctify my heart, create in me a pure heart. Can I tell you when it's easy to forgive is when you stop seeing yourself as the victim, when you stop seeing yourself as the person that's been mistreated. <clears throat> Let me confess. I helped somebody a while back when I couldn't really, but they really said, please help me, I'm in a situation. I said, okay, please, okay, I'm going to do it, so I helped them. And then they didn't do their part, and it put me in a difficult situation. And then I was really upset. Turned to the person, and she said, I'm so grateful. Only pastors write these tests. <laughs> but, you know, for a long time I felt like, he said, I'm a victim. I, know, I just wanted to show good, and now you're showing evil. I'm just trying to keep my heart pure, and now you're just coming to contaminate it. Ever felt sorry for yourself? <laughs> but when I started to realize that being angry with that person was affecting my heart, Jesus said, offense will come. Let it go. Let it go. Amen? It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter what they've done. Maybe they don't deserve to be forgiven, and you feel like that, but you deserve to have peace in your heart. And that's why you make that decision. I'm going to close. Luke 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. Hmm. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Jesus is simply saying, don't keep an offense in your heart. Whatever they are doing. Whether they smack you, say, go for it. If they curse you, bless them. If they despitefully use you, pray for them. He is saying, you've received my ability. When they try and push you in one direction to take an offense, move in the opposite direction and show love. Imagine if Jesus... Right at the end on the cross, nailed to the cross, said, it's just too much. I just cannot take it. It's just one offense too many. Father, I'm not going to forgive them. What would have happened to you and me? People are watching us as the church. I want to encourage you. The damage control or the damage that's been done. Jesus came. He says, I've been anointed for damage control. He has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. Go take some time. Those offenses, those hurts, let them go. Don't let them control you. Take control and say, Lord, I'm going to give you the rightful place in my heart. I love this. 
Proverbs 19 verse 11, the NIV says, A person's wisdom heals patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Can I tell you something? When offense comes to you and it will come to you, it's to your glory to overlook that offense. Say, I it can be small, it can be big. You know what I've found? Sometimes when we've passed the big tests, the big mountains, say, yeah, that person did this big thing and I just forgave him. Be very careful because the next thing that will offend you will be a little, little, little grain in your shoe that you step on that will offend you. When we've passed the big tests, be alert that the small things don't offend you. Coming to church quickly and somebody doesn't greet you. Hmm. Didn't greet me. Hmm. Loving God, loving people. Where's you? But you drove here, people were hooting at you, cutting you off, and you didn't get offended because I'm on my way to church, nothing will disturb me. And then when you walk in church, somebody just doesn't greet. Hmm. Loving, huh? loving God, loving people, what? <laughs> be careful the whole time. Because an offense can be big or an offense can be small. But if you take it, it will steal your peace. The thing is, <clears throat> I saw something and somebody said, how heavy is this? How heavy is this? It can be small glass like this. But if I have to hold it like this, after an hour, it will start getting heavy. After a week, it will be there maybe. Some of us have been carrying small things like this that have grown to become mountains in our lives. And all you have to do is just let it go. Let it go. Please stand to your feet. David, when he messed up, when he had sinned, he said, Lord, create in me a pure heart. I want you to pray. Say, precious Father, create in me a pure heart. Create in me a humble heart. Create in me a sincere heart. Precious Father, grant unto me a humble heart. Grant unto me a sincere heart. Grant unto me a heart that is quick to forgive. A heart that will not be grudges. A heart that will belong only to you. Sanctify my heart and restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Help me, O Lord, with the damage control. I surrender my heart to you. Fill it with your goodness. Fill it with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. I want every person right there where you are, just put your right hand on your heart and raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer aloud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me that is alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hallelujah. If you have prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. Don't talk about your past anymore. Amen. Our past, it's Egypt. It's a place of bondage. God is taking us out of Egypt into the promised land. Amen. If I can give you some good advice, go find a living church, get involved there, and serve there. If you're from around here, we have to take responsibility for you as a living church, to disciple you and to train you in the things of the Lord so that you can finish strong. Amen. Who of you get offended very quickly? That's fine. We all start there. And I can tell you, even if you don't get offended quickly, something can still come and cause offense. That's why we need one another so that we can protect our hearts. Amen. So that somebody can just come and love on you and say, I'm going to be here with you. We don't have to say it was right what happened, but we have to let go of that hurt. Amen. Say from today, I'm going to forgive as Christ forgave me. What happens when we go to Jesus on the cross and we say, Lord, forgive me? Does he pull a silent on us for a week? Silent treatment for a week? No. When we come to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us immediately. If you know you're one of those silent treatment people, go ask God to change your heart and make your heart more like his, to be quick to forgive. Amen. If you know people that are like that, don't go to them and say, oh, I've got a message for you from the pastor. <laughs> You're going to offend them. Amen. <laughs> you are the one that will cause an offense. Don't do that. Rather invite them to church at a stage and say, just come, come to church. Amen. Is that okay? Wonderful. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.